of all the souls I have encountered in my travels. His was the most human. Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and discuss Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, one proud minute at a time. I'm David Stoker. And I'm Chris LaSalle. Chris, welcome back. Hey, Dave. And we are once again joined by Aaron Hamerbeck, screenwriter, fellow Trekkie, and an instructor at the Kansas City Art Institute. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be back. We are glad to have you. And we are moving on to minute number 104. And this minute starts with Kirk saying, I tricked my way out of death. And ends with David saying, I'm proud. <sighs> Another warm and fuzzy minute? I don't know what we call it, warm and fuzzy? <laughs> I don't know if this is a warm and fuzzy. I think this is... So for, for this minute, I think we get more into, you know, what Kirk's feeling, what you know, and how he, you know, David, I think we talked about this last minute, how David is just being brutally honest with Kirk and, you know, telling him what he needs to do to get to get beyond this. And I guess Kirk's being brutally honest with himself, right? Because he, he's, he's just, I think so. Yeah, he tricked his way out of death and he patted himself on his back for the for his ingenuity. I know he nothing. says, I know nothing. Yeah. Which is, you know, and I think back to the original series and you know, even the movies and how he does, how they, everything, you know, everything just always seemed to work out. There was no real consequences. There was, you know, even motion picture. I mean, what was the consequences? You know, Decker got what he wanted. Kirk got what he wanted. You know, there was really no big consequences. And, you know, the show, they they lost a couple of red shirts here and there. But, you know, in the end, the Enterprise survived. Everybody moved on. Life was happy. And here, I think... You know, he, you know, he's he's that's what he's done. He's patted himself on his back. He, you know, yay! I'm you know I'm smart. I'm I'm a manly man, and yeah, here he's facing that fact that everything wasn't always okay. You know, you weren't always the smartest man in the room. Well, and I I think that it's actually it's kind of interesting that he says you know I tricked my way out of death um, because this movie deals with a lot of trickery. Um, that, you know, the, the, you know, Savick, uh, saying like, oh, that I, and I can't remember the exact line, but, you know, she's like, oh, in this regulation, you need to have security, um, you know, and, and so there's that kind of like, an like initial trick, which I don't know. I always kind of perk up when Vulcans, um, <laughs> are, are deceptive and it's, you know, and it's not that they can't be deceptive. Um, it's that, you know, it's not often that logical to be deceptive. And so, you know, the, uh, Savick, you know, kind of paving the way for um, uh, Spock's deceptions, um, and you know the the last one being, you know, kind of that that quick deception, you know, to uh, McCoy saying, "Oh, you know, how how is uh, uh, Scotty?" That's right, yeah. and you know, and so so it's interesting that you know he's he's making this comment like you know I I tricked my way out of death and you know that's kind of like I don't know it's it's a little bit of a theme of the film. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. Cool. 
well, I didn't even think about that. I was, I was definitely, my head had gone to the original series. I was just trying to think of all the, all the different ways he's tricked people and, uh, you know, gotten out of situations by, you know, being cursed. Yeah, no. Uh, but you're right. right. Yeah, you're right. The, this movie's full of it. Hours that seem and, like and days. And, the reliant, you know, coming up on them and, you know, tricking them and shooting at them. Kirk then getting the code and, you know, deceiving them. And yeah, this, this movie is all about that. And that's a great point. That's kind of the pleasure of the film. And I think that that's one of the pleasures of um, of Kirk, like Kirk as a character is, you know, all of his trickery and his deceptions and, you know, um, sleight of hand kind of, you know, I, I think that that's kind of the fun part of of Kirk as as a captain versus like, you know, some of the other captains that we see um, in Star Trek. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I I never would have thought of that. And, you know, and it's right there. He even says it. You know, I tricked my way out of death. And when you say it, <laughs> you you realize you're like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think this the this response now, you know, I, I patted myself back. I know nothing. And, uh, you know, David now jumps in to kind of make him feel better. But, this, you know, you knew enough uh, to tell Savick how he faced death is at least as important as how he faced life. Um this one struck me, and it, it, and I think it's supposed to, uh, but it struck me as uh, Savick and David have been talking. Right. Right, because that line is happens at the beginning of the movie during the Kobayashi Maru test or after the test, and that's you know some advice um, that Kirk gives Savick. And so obviously Savick has shared that with Kirk, uh, with David at some point. Um, right. And... Uh, um, we've talked about this a little bit on the show that uh, there was a um, there was a subplot that's been discarded, but there was a subplot where there was supposed to be kind of a budding romance between Savick and David, uh, and they've kind right. of excised it all from from the uh, I don't know how much of they shot how much of it they shot or not, um, but uh, I'm assuming that this that's where this happened, you know, as part of their whatever chit chat or coffee or something this is all these scenes we haven't seen with Safik and david being together um, yeah i think yeah you they must have gone off and you know don't forget they were on the cave and you know we they were there for a few hours so there there must have been some conversations between them either there or you know on the ship after the, you know again we, we take for granted that everything happens, you know, right after each other, you know, right. five minutes after he's in his he's in his quarters. But we really don't know the expanse of time and how people are, you know, talking to each other. And I think we've noted more than once in the in the movie how things that we that were originally there were cut out um, and sort of changed a little bit. And you you you. You were exactly right here where this is an element of something else that was in the movie that was clearly, you know, removed for whatever reasons. And they let they let this little piece in. And, it, and it's interesting too, you know, talking about like, it, I think this scenes um, that there's a couple of things going on there um, in terms of like conversations that are happening off screen, uh, because obviously, uh, you know, I don't I don't know how cinematic it would have been to show Dr. Marcus tell um, uh, David, you know, hey, by the way, uh, James Kirk is your father. Um, you know, I, I and so I can I can see why they wouldn't want to include that. But, you know, that that's something, you know, that's going on as well. You know, there's there's this information that David is um, um 
providing the audience here um, cinematically, you know, it's happening in front of us. And one of the things that I've always kind of struggled with um, in Wrath of Khan, and it, this might just be me, um, but I feel like a lot of exposition is told to us rather than shown to us. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and the, the good part of that is that we get these phenomenal performances from like Ricardo Maltamon, um, you know, kind of relaying these events and things that happen to him. But the bad part of that is that a lot of times, um, I feel like I miss things as a viewer and I have to think like, oh, you know, when did they say that? And, you know, and, and so I, I feel like the scene, um, kind of kind of reflects that a little bit of you know how much of uh the film is is spoken to us rather than kind of shown to us yeah i don't know no i i, I think you're right and i and i i think i mean no, no not trying to defend the film but i think one of the uh one of the things is we, we've talked about is that the budget was so small for this for this film um oh, sure. they there's essentially like four or five sets that are good <laughs> that are used to the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, this is one of them. Kirk's quarters. They had the Genesis cave and then the enterprise bridge, the Reliant bridge, the Kobayashi Maru bridge were all the same set. Um, so there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of places where those kinds of conversations could take place because there's not a lot. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of places the characters go. Um, so I wonder if that's uh if that's, if that's coincidental or if that's, that's part of the reason like, well, we can't show them having this conversation because we don't have the money to build that cafeteria set where, you know, Savick and David can have a coffee. Um, well, I feel like, I feel like it would have been out of place for the movie though, to have those little side conversations though. Don't you, don't you think it would have been a little bit of a different movie with those little side conversations happening? No one likes their favorite movie altered. <laughs> well, and, and I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think that it's necessary to like, you know, have, have the show those conversations um, in the film, but you know, I feel like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Nicholas Myers or Nicholas Meyer, when he received the uh, script, hadn't there been something like seven scripts written previously or you got, you guys know better than I do. Yeah. And, and so it was kind of, I, you know, I, and maybe this is a symptom of it, you know, that, kind of trying to get all of the information in there um, and, and also kind of being mindful of the fact that like we want this movie to live and breathe on its own and not make it just for the Star Trek fans that have seen the previous episode from the original series and no con, um, you know, that there's all of this information that um, that needs to be given to the audience um, and, you know, and, it, we, we need to have all of these, you know, levels and systems of understanding in order to have empathy for the characters and that type of thing. And so, you know, perhaps um, kind of I, I actually think the scene is really beautifully done in the fact that it's very um, it's it's very concise and it's, um, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't mess with a lot of um unnecessary details um it's it's just very to the point and i and i really like that mm. yeah you're right i think this is the seventh version of the script there was a lot of them over the there were some treatments yeah. there were some you know drafts of scripts that were abandoned and uh this is ultimately what we ended up with so moving on you know uh, again david's uh, you know actually one more comment i guess you know when david you know quotes savick saying how we face death is at least as important um 
I want my cake and eat it too because, uh, <laughs> well, it, 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 this is a line that's completely reused, right, in the film. And, and granted, yep. the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, or the one yep. that's reused to you know powerful effect. And and so I I love that. I would not change that. This one bothers me that David compl- says exactly the same thing that Kirk did. Um, you would think that. <laughs> You know, Kirk saying it to Savick, Savick repeating it to David, and David saying it back. You get a little bit of the telephone game, and it would sound. He paraphrase it because I find this is it's not it's a it's not it doesn't have a it's a it's a hard line. It's a I always feel like I'm saying it wrong when I try to say that line, and um, so it, it stands out to me that uh, in the scene it takes me out a little bit because I'm like, oh, he said the same exact thing, um, and it's a hard phrase to say. Do you know what I mean? Is it just me? <laughs> True. I mean, uh, you can say it's just me. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I get what you're saying, and the line is not exactly the same. He does change a couple of words. So, um, Kirk says, "How we deal with death is at least as important as how we deal with life." Obviously, it's he. He is sort of saying the same thing, but a little bit different. Oh, okay. And I. I, I didn't. I don't get a, a, a negative feeling about this being reused. Um, in fact, you brought up the you know needs of the many quote, and I feel like it's this. It's a similar thing, and I and I get the same feeling of it that it's it's well placed. It's it, it's right where it needs to be. And even Kirk, when he you know he responds to David, he says you know just words. And you know David says, but they're good words. You know you that's that's where ideas begin. You know and. I think that it's it's a powerful message for Kirk to listen to his own words. You know, it's you know it's that look into the mirror and you know face your you know face yourself kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I I had a note there that you know uh, that's where ideas begin. That's a nice line. That's a that's a, I, I like that writing and uh, right. Know, that's another tagline for the film. I think Star Trek Two. That's where ideas begin. Ge. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, thanks, Dave. I, I feel I feel better now that it is a paraphrase and not an exact quote. So, um, I mean, it's only a couple words that are changed, but I I still feel like it's different enough that he's not like reciting himself word for word. But he's basically throwing Kirk's words back into his face and saying, "Listen, you know, you you've said this before, you know, and you're you want people to, you know, take your word seriously, so you need to live by what you say." Um, so, uh, in the middle of this conversation, there's some things that were snipped out from the script, uh, that I just wanted to share. It adds a little bit more to, to the conversation, I think. Um, so where David says they're good words, that's where ideas begin. Maybe you should listen to them. Kirk actually responds here and says, I'm trying, David. And David says, so am I. My friends were killed too. Uh, and then Kirk replies, yeah, Kirk replies, I am truly sorry. Um. And then they have this kind of pause, which is definitely there. They kind of share this look. And that's when David says, I was wrong about you, and I'm sorry. Um, so it was a little bit I, – I don't know why they cut that out. I think that would have – I actually kind of like that line in there. You know, I've, I've lost people too, and it sort of brings it back that, you know, you're grieving, Kirk. I know you're grieving, and I know you're hurting, but we're all hurting, you know? 
Yeah, I I completely agree. I'm I'm really surprised that they cut that. That's um that's powerful. I mean, it, that that's such a beautiful line that I'm immediately transported back to those hanging bodies and how gruesome. Right. I mean, yeah. That's a horrible. I mean, you know, to witness that and. Um, you know, it, like, like you guys said, you know, if, if this is David sort of like reckoning with his father and kind of, you know, like do do as you uh, do and, you know, as you say, um, you know, that it's uh, it, it. I don't know. I mean, it, that definitely adds like, um, uh, you know, some uh, another layer of like seriousness to the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, I would have uh, I would have liked that left in. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so Kirk asks, you know, Kirk asks, is, is that what you, is that what you came here to say? Dave says mainly and turns turns you know turns away, and then Kirk gets up. And I had a question here with Kirk getting up. Um, is Kirk? What do you guys think? Do you think he's getting up because he's he's waiting for more? He think he, he knows David's got something else to say, or do you think <gasps> Kirk wants to say something? Well, that's. I feel like you know throughout the whole movie, we, we've you and I have talked about it. Like, when does it happen? Like, when does the moment that David realizes that he's Kirk's son? And I think this is sort of the way of Kirk saying, you know, there's this unspoken thing between the two of these men, and I think Kirk is sort of forcing it a little bit, and he's saying, like, is is that what you came here to say? I know there's more between us. Is that is that it? Just to say you're sorry, like. And, and I'm saying it the wrong way with the same emotion, with no, not the right emotion. But that I feel like that Kirk is trying to bridge that gap to say, you know, I know I'm your father. And, you know, is there more to the conversation that we should have right now? And I think that's what when David stops and turned around and says mainly, you know, and also that I'm proud. And as he goes on, you know, to to be your son. And um, that's what that's what I feel like in this in this moment that Kirk knows that there's unspoken words and that's why he sort of stands up there and hoping that he'll say what he wants him to say. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be, I don't know. It's gotta be strange, um, to, you know, for both characters, uh, you know, I, I can't help, but want more of, of their relationship, want more of their dynamic. Um, you know, uh, it feels um, it feels like there should be more said, and maybe maybe that's what's going on. You know, standing up and um, you know the that maybe they need to be at level heights together. Um, you know, look into each other's eyes, get closer to each other. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it must just be so crazy um to meet your son after all these years to meet your father after all these years um and there's just so much more going on in the film that they can't spend too much time on it uh, otherwise i think that it would really drag down the film but like uh, you know as a viewer um i i find myself kind of craving that yeah. well also you know you know david you know has hated not necessarily Kirk, but everything he stands for. Like he, yeah. he made that abundantly clear, you know, I hate our dealings with Starfleet and, you know, that overgrown boy scout, you know, he really has these negative feelings towards, you know, Kirk and towards Starfleet. And I feel like this is sort of his, you know, reckoning moment too, that maybe everything he thought was wrong too, specifically about his father. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is great. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wonder, do you think if, if, you know, if David had not turned back around, do you think Kirk would have just said, David, I'm your dad? <laughs> you know, because I think you're right. I think, I think, you know, that he's waiting for it. I think he's trying to, he's trying to push David into acknowledging it a little bit. And, uh, I, I wonder if he would have let David leave without, you know, just throwing it out there. So it's, it's in the room. I, I think he might've went after him because I think that's part of him standing up and hoping that he will, they'll start talking about what is the, you know, the elephant in the room, so to speak. Right. All right. Kirk and David. Yes. Is that a new sitcom on CBS next year? Following Discovery. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was all the notes I had for this minute as well. Um, do you guys have any other any thoughts? I think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good as well. Cool. Aaron, one of the one of the things you know, obviously, you know, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, but we're you know almost near the end of the film. Um, but uh, so I'm just wondering, were there any 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 other minutes that would have you know stood out for you that you would want to you know talk about? Um, any any favorite minutes in the film that have gone by or still to come? Well, I was actually um, talking to my husband tonight, who's who is, is probably more of a Star Trek fan than I am, which is impressive. Um, <laughs> he, um, you know, I was talking about like what my favorite parts of the film are, and you know, as much as I love Ricardo Maltabon, and as much as I love the like um, the the costumes of um, the. Uh, the augments and, you know, I, I love, I love all of those scenes, but for me, um, the Kobayashi Maru, which I think, you know, it, um, it's lost a little bit of its um, significance. I think, you know, with the new films and um, a lot of attention um, dealt that, but this film is the first time that they really kind of talked about like um, kind of getting into Starfleet and the tests required um, and, you know, what they're looking for in a Star Trek captain um, or in a Starfleet captain. And that just opening sequence with the Kobayashi Maru, and I realize it's kind of corny in the fact that, like, they're acting out their deaths and whatnot. Um, But I just, and, and, and it is totally corny when the lights open and Kirk walks in and he's, you know, shadowed and gleaming. But I love it. I love it. I love the, once again, talking about the trickery of the film, you know, because like, you know, I'm thinking in terms of, you know, if, if I were an audience member seeing this film for the first time and if I, you know, was in love with Star Trek watching this opening sequence and saying like, Hmm, those, those uniforms are different. Uh, the monster maroon, you know, it's like, uh, of course you wouldn't know that term at the time, but like the uniforms are different. They're very mi- militaristic and, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's a different crew. It's the same crew, but it's missing Chekhov and it's missing Kirk. And who is this woman? And, um, you know, and, and the, the sort of like setting the stakes right away and watching Spock die in the beginning, um, will die in quotes. Um, it's just, I, I love the way this film announces itself. I just think that it's, it's 
amazing. Um, and so that, that for me, you know, and, and of course, like, you know, Spock's death is really, um, hard to watch. I'm, I'm a huge Spock fan. Um, as I think anyone who's a fan of Star Trek is, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. You gotta love Spock. Um, but yeah, just that opening sequence, um, getting to see the, the costumes for the first time is, is still just so satisfying for me because I love, love, love the monster maroon. And um, (laughs) once again, I, you know, I think that if you're a Star Trek fan, you love the monster maroon, um, and just seeing them again, um, in this, in this opening sequence, it's just, it's so cool. (laughs) You know, one thing we didn't talk about, uh, Dave, when we when we talked about the the Kobayashi Maru, um, uh, I, I agree. The all of the 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 deaths, the, the fake out deaths, are you know a little yes. more and, Um But one of the things we didn't talk about uh, the re part of the reason they 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 did this scene, the filmmakers did this scene, is because uh, in pre production um, the the rumor got out that Spock was going to die in the film. And a lot right. Of people, you know, kind of up in arms, and of course, I don't know how people were up in arms back then. You know, before the internet, I guess they were writing lots of letters. I don't know. Um, well, there was the trade magazines and Starlog and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So letters to the editor, I guess. Well, anyway. Um, so one of the things they decided to do, like, well, let's kill. We're going to kill Spock off in the first few minutes, right? And scare the heck out of everybody, and be like, oh, and, and then, haha, fake you out. We faked you out. Um, it's kind of. I think it would have been a lot. A lot more effective if they hadn't killed everybody else in the room first. You know, True. <laughs> yes. And yeah, McCoy and Hura. And but why not just kill Spock, right? Now, why not have him just get, you know, just kill him? And right. uh, that could have, you know, floored us all. But like, I think it would have been a lot, it would have, it would have hit a lot more. Cause I think at some point, and I don't remember, it's been, I've seen it so many times and I don't remember my, my initial viewing of it. But at some point when all those people are dying, you gotta be like, wait a minute. <laughs> They're all going to die, but this new captain, what's going on? Um, yeah. Uh, and we, I, I don't know. I think it would have been cool just to see the Spock die. Uh, you got your wish much, much later. Yeah, sadly. Mm, yes. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, great. Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we wrap this one up and uh, just uh, invite folks, if you want to find us online, uh, we're at wrathoconminute.com or on Twitter at WOKMinute. Um, we're also on Facebook at the Wrath of Con Minute Listener Federation, so you can join that group and talk about this minute or other favorites that you might have. Um, and we're going to be again, uh, we'll be here again on Friday uh, with Aaron uh, on Minute 105 of Star Trek II here at the Wrath of Con Minute.